Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest who appeared way back in December 2019, which is episode 57. So over 200 episodes ago. Um, Ivan Bibek is an entrepreneur um, in the private and public mining exploration sector. Um, He has over 20 years experience with a strong ability to finance, monetize and advance exploration assets into the development stage. Um, he's on a number of boards and more recently co-founded um, Copper Nico Metals, um, which has also split our in resources into three companies, which is Fury Gold Mines, Sombrero Resources and Tier One Silver. Um, so he's here to give us an update on everything that's been going on in the last few years, um, plus, uh, plus talk about, I suppose, the junior market and uh, the finance markets um, to date. So that's why I come Ivan to the podcast. How are you doing, Ivan? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. No, and I appreciate you uh, coming back on. Like I said we spoke two and a half years ago now. Um, so obviously a lot of lot of um, things have happened since then. So um, I just wanted to just give us a quick overview of yourself, um, your career, um, and then we can go into talking a little bit more about the companies that you're involved in and the exploration space. Um, and those that are listening, um, you can also obviously go back to episode 57 um when i first uh, spoke with ivan um to get some more information and see how see how things have developed in the last two and a half years for army resources and the other associated companies yeah thanks uh, well first off i've been doing this for 24 years roughly in the business i started as a uh, investment advisor or stockbroker and i was buying mining stocks during the dot-com boom back in 1999-2000 and, and that, that's very important for what's going on in the world today with crypto and, and the current mining market but you know soon after being a broker um, buying a lot of penny mining stocks that went into the double digits in terms of dollars um, I went to work with the guy that found six major mines around the world and I sat with him for two years he was my my teacher PhD geologist remarkable discoverer and then I met a gentleman, uh, Sean Wallace, who was working with another group that did the same thing, but they actually went ahead and built mines as well. And Sean and I got together in 2005. We got together in 2005 and we went out to go out and um, and go do what our mentors did. And we formed Keegan, found 5 million ounces of gold in Africa. The stock went you know, from pennies to $9 per share during the discovery. And then I moved on to do Caden with Sean and uh, there we sold Caden in 2014 to Agnico Eagle you know, again, from pennies to about 360 per share. And we took shares of Agnico that doubled after they bought us. And, and that really was the first two major wins on our on our belt as a group. And then we continued to be more aggressive, go after bigger things. Um, we formed Oren Resources, which raised over 150 million from 2015 to 2020. And we wanted to go find, you know, the kind of mines that would move the needle for the bigger companies, you know, the 10, 20 million ounce gold discoveries or equivalent in scale and size and copper. And it formed, um, we found three different metals, silver, copper, and gold. And we know we decided, you know, in 2019, 2020, that it would be uh, wise to split it because we're major shareholders to split our company into three. 
and uh, and try to segregate those opportunities so they could be you know silver focused or gold focused or copper focused. And that's how we created Tier One Silver, Fury Gold Mines, and Copernical Metals, which formerly was some barrel minerals, but we've changed it over to Copernical Metals. Um, where we sit today is uh, is in a very interesting position because, as you know, market timing is is everything. And um, you know, we're, we're I personally think we're in the the transition phase from bear to bull market for juniors and for mining equities. Um, the fundamentals are extremely strong. Whether you look at inflation, um, very importantly, production cliffs, you know, um, increased demand due to electrification for the base metals, you know, the, it's just a tremendous opportunity, but the prices and the sentiment is so stagnant and flat or negative, or it has been for some time. And it's not uncommon to see this from a bear to a bull market, but what caught everybody, including myself and, and many long here before me by off guard is um, it's taken longer, you know, a, a, probably a three month turn is taking about nine months to turn. And so it looks horrible when things are down. It's a psychology business investing, you know, when things are down, nobody wants to look at them or buy them, but that's where the opportunity is is huge. And if you had me on the show five months ago, I'd, I'd be here saying, hey, man, it's a huge opportunity. You, you got to find these things you like and, and own them. And um, so what we've done as a group and what we're doing is we have one of our companies beyond the three that I mentioned, it's called Torque Resources that made a discovery this summer and the stock's actually going up and it's actually performing because a lot more holes are, are being drilled to see if that discovery keeps growing and it has some other good things going on with it. So we've learned that you can perform in this market if you're finding something. It's not about what you have, it's about, about what you might have. And so that's kind of the mentality across our companies is what might we find that's going to draw the excitement. That's where the performance is going to come. And that's probably the hardest thing to do right now because of previous mines being found around the world. All the easy ones are arguably been found. Yeah. Well, uh, before we speak about some of the companies, what would you say is the turning point when a lot of these commodity prices will start to make a move? Um, obviously, you mentioned it's um, obviously behavior, investor behavior. But what is going to? What else can make make the whole? All, well, I suppose all commodities start to make that increase, significant increases in their um, in their price. So, so gold is the best leading emotional psychological investment. You know, the the demand in base metals is perpetual, and that is a very strong slow market that takes time to go up, and it stays up for a lot longer. Gold comes in waves, and uh, when it's on, it's like a light switch or like a school of fish. If you scare them, you know, just it goes like almost instantaneously. So I think you could really got to watch gold because that's the one that could Monday we could wake up and the markets could be flying, the price could be flying. And what you want to watch with gold is you want to watch interest rates, you want to watch inflation, you want to watch monetary policy in the US. Um, we all know the midterms are, are coming up in the US elections and there's going to be a lot of politicking going on and there's going to be tug of war through the markets. So for me, I'm personally waiting to see who who takes it, and I'm Canadian, so I can plead the fifth, even though I'm in the U.S. as we do this interview. I live here part of the year um, for the good weather, but uh, where I see it is I see that watching the Fed when they start easing, if they start printing more money, you know, the dollar has been quite strong, very strong for the last six months, hitting record highs to, to certain extents. And I think, you know, it can only stay up for so long before it starts to work against the U.S. So watch watch the dollar. Watch U.S. fiscal monetary policy and watch how things are evolving. 
because at some point the theme's going to change from tightening to easing and and that's where the dollar could come off and and give metals a chance to get their momentum and you you'd likely see short covering come into the space pretty hard at first i think every mining company equity junior big company is shorted and uh and i think that gets covered first that's your first lift that that gives the energy with the moving gold price or metal price and then people start to pay attention to the sector but in the end 2025, you know, I'm going to use copper here for an example. We go from a surplus to an actual deficit globally, and we all know that everything's going electric. So there are bull markets coming, whether people want them to be there or not in the commodities. If you talk to the major mining companies of the world, we have a lot of interactions with several of them across our group. Um, we get into a, a lot of feedback where they, they really need growth. And uh, what happens in a bear market, the big companies, the big companies divest of all their um their their explorers and they'd focus on fixing their bottom lines and the production and tightening their bottom lines and then when the market starts to come and there's money and capital available it's a bit more challenging for them to ramp up and go find the projects and explore them and and that's where our our, our companies come into place is we explore and and the big guys mine it and and that's how it works yeah um just wanted to be obviously we spoke Two, uh, just over two years ago and obviously a lot of things have happened then so I just wonder if you can just run us through obviously what, what you've done with RM Resources and obviously spit them into three companies Fury Gold Mines uh, Talk and Tier 1 Silver so I just wonder if you can just run through each of them yeah sure so we split Orin and um, as I said before it was um, three different commodities um, you know first off we're, we're big investors and we treat each one of our companies like large investors and, and that's very important to state because uh, I don't do what I'm doing for a paycheck you know I take very modest amounts just to be polite and make sure that my taxes are a certain way but I put more in than I'll ever get paid from any of my companies on salary um Orin was uh was a market cap between 100 and 300 million dollars based on some big swings we had one in some in South America called Sombrero, and that is now in a company called Copernico Metals, and then uh, Committee Bay, which is in Fury Gold Mines, and then Tier One Silver was a complete surprise, robust silver, you know, one to three hundred kilograms of silver in eighty samples in a huge area, you know, trying to find the source and one of the biggest copper belts in the world. So a really exciting project. So we split those three. Uh, Fury came to market. It, it did well at first, um, you know, was, was trading in the dollars, two and a half dollars a share, roughly just around there. And then it, it slid down with gold, anti-performance. COVID hurt us more than it helped us in the sector. It's really the audible that no one could have planned for that really disrupted general trends and general directions. So we had a we had a big slide and, and, and now it's cheap. You know, it's trading around 50 cents a share, but it has... You know, over a million ounces in Quebec. It has another million and a half ounces in northern Canada. It has about 40, 50 million dollars of shares of another public company. It's in it's in a very strong financial position. It's well funded with a lot of gold and it's pitching deep value with huge upside on some of its targets. So, you know, it's it's in a penalty box like every other gold junior. But we think that this fall, a lot of results from the summer will start coming out, and that could really turn it around. Um, in terms of uh, tier one silver, you know, we came out, the company valued at a quarter billion dollar valuation without a drill hole into this property. And the reason why is, is, is even stronger today. But at the time, you know, it was because of what I said, 80 samples running one to 300 kilograms of silver taken in 20 square kilometer area, which is exciting. It's huge, but you have to find the source of all that. And at the end of the program, we drilled our best holes. We started to drill the kilogram plus rock underneath the surface. And then furthermore, 
some of the largest copper mines in the world exist on a trend, you know, on the coast of Peru there. And so there's a lot of indications that we're starting to see that this could have a silver and a potential copper, big copper discovery to go with it, which would be the ultimate home run. Um, where that company's at is it's silver sensitive. You know, when the price of silver is down, it's down and there's nothing we can do about it. So it went from about, I use Canadian prices, about $1.70 or 80 down to about uh, 30 to 40 cents. And now it sits around 35 cents a share, but we're completing a lot of work this summer. We've done a huge sampling program, getting ready to follow up on the discovery we made last year and really looking forward to a big turn in the silver price to really, you know, complement the potential discovery on the silver side. And at the same time, if we find a copper mine here, the mines next door have a hundred plus year mine lives, mean they'll mine for a hundred years. That's how big they are. So Major mining companies are, are very intrigued by it. Uh, we're very intrigued by it. And uh, that's that's another deep discount one. Um, Copernico Metals, which uh, which I'm the CEO of, was Sombrero Metals before. Um, we changed the name because we're going to do more than just some, the Sombrero Project. But the Sombrero Project is an analog to Las Bombas, or we believe so. We've seen a lot of evidence indicating the kind of scale and potential grade that could be there. And uh, we've waited, you know, about two and a half years to get social access there. And we're in the final stages of getting that, hopefully in the next month or this quarter. And then we get to go drill possibly, you know, another potential Las Bombas, which is the ninth largest copper mine in the world. Um, I just got back from Ecuador and with the model for Copernico Metals is I want four or five sombreros in the company, including sombrero. And there is real opportunities in Ecuador. I got to meet the government, got to meet the vice minister, and their you know, their number one export is going to be mining here shortly. And uh, that country is about 20 years behind Peru in terms of discovery. It's been underexplored. It's very fertile. There's more to be found than has been found. And it's very low risk to find something. And it's a company that's opening up with companies like BHP and Barrick starting to invest into that country quite seriously. So with Copernico Metals, we're public, but we're not listed yet. We're going to put in two or three more pretty substantial projects, likely in Ecuador, to complement Sombrero. And our goal will be to repeat success for investors, meaning if Sombrero is that big and it hits, we would sell that, keep the rest in Ecuador. If one of those projects succeeded, we'd sell that again. And we would try to sell our company four or five times and give chance for shareholders to be paid massive dividends through the sales repeatedly. But truly, it's it's really the start of the most exciting adventure. And the hardest thing to find in this business are major discoveries, the big ones, you know, and, and that's where you make all the money. Um, we have one other company, which is the fourth company in our group called Torque. And I bring this up because it's performing as I'm talking to you today. And uh, the reason why, well, first off, we waited 11 years to acquire the right projects. And that's the patience we we, we kept. And we waited and we, we got into two big projects in uh, in Chile. One's called Santa Cecilia. It's already got a huge drill hole in it, 900 meters of about half a percent copper. It's next to a big mine and it's barely been drilled. That one is about to get social access so we can drill it. But the real story at Torque has been Margarita. Margarita has been drilled earlier this summer. We hit about 100 meters of a gram of gold and a, and a percent of copper. And we're now waiting for the next results to come. Does that thing get wider? Does it get deeper? And that's where the real investment curve gets exciting if that continues. So there's some speculation going on, but those two events could be extremely catalytic. Um, I highlight Torque because it's one of the best performers right now in the entire junior space alongside of probably four or five other companies because we are finding stuff potentially. And that's where 
Tier one is about to get into. That's where Fury is about to get into in the fourth quarter. And that's where I'm going to come out pretty aggressively with Copernico when we start drilling there, either late this quarter, early next year as we become public. So that's kind of the, the window of what we're doing. And that gives you an idea of how many things I'm involved in that give a lot of, you know, concept of, of what's going on or understanding. And lastly, you know, I'd say that when we're quiet in the summer and the markets are bad, we're, we're not on the lake with the kids. We're we're working. And uh, for me, it was chasing down major projects in Ecuador and the guys at Torque were getting ready to advance this big discovery. Tier one is taking what they've learned and they're increasing their confidence to the next phase of drilling. And, and Fury has been drilling all summer, you know, trying to follow up on where they think that the major gold could be found. So our, our sector, our group has been really, really busy. It's not reflected into our share prices at all. And there's a lot of potential for that to happen. But we are all going to wait, you know, no matter if we want to or not, to a certain degree to see metals improve or the sentiment improve a bit here in the near term. And I think September, if you look at, and this is a wise thing to do as well for anybody in the space, type in gold seasonality, go to Google Images and just look at what times of the year gold's up and down, look at the gold price and tell me if that's following it. Because for me, it follows it almost to the to the hour if you look at the right gold seasonality chart. And that's how you can kind of predict of when you should be aggressive. August is a great buying month. September is a good selling month, late September. November during tax loss is a great buying month. February is one of the best performing months for gold and gold stocks of the year. And so you get that, that kind of runway to very quickly educate yourself on some of the waves of when it might be good or bad. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that before as well. Um, especially during the, the summer months, the stocks tend to, tend to go down. Uh, which obviously that, that's what we've seen. And then coming out in the summer months is when they start to uh, start to go up again. And I can't remember whether you said that or someone else said that, but um, I have heard that. Yeah, I, I've invested off that theory a lot and I've done extremely well in, in active markets. I've I've followed it and, uh, and it, it's true. And I mean, um, certain patterns of industry don't change no matter what. And they don't go down as much in good markets or they don't that they go up more in better markets right during the phase where they should go down or up but um it really helps explain the movement of the market if you're not an expert that hasn't done this for 20 or 30 years right yeah um when will there be an opportunity for sort of new investors to invest in uh, copper Pena co and when will it sort of be listed uh, so Copernico um, has a moving target for a listing date it's predicated off the axis at sombrero or the access to another big project that we put into the company. And what we're looking at as a timeline right now is the earliest, it could be listed at the late September, early October. And at the latest, I would say end of January in 2023. And that's just with so many moving parts, acquisitions and some things that are out of our control. So for us, we will need to raise some capital in September. Uh, we are publicly listed. We have a website. We will advertise what we're going to raise and why we're going to raise it. And, um, you know, it really will determine the price and the terms and everything else will be determined off of, did we get some barrow access? Did we add in some Ecuadorian assets or not? And, um, and then we will look to trade, you know, 30 days after that raise, or we will uh, we'll push it to January. If um, if we don't have enough, you know, going on with the narrative, by then we want to come back in a very strong market. A minute ago, I said November is a good month to buy, meaning it's a softer market to be in. So we're going to time that very cleverly so that we can come out and come out and perform right out the gate. 
And we want to be able to drill some of these major projects the day we do it. So, you know, the best way to follow Copernico Advancements is join the actual uh, subscriber list info at copernicometals.com and just follow the progress. There'll be a lot of a lot of information in the next 30 days about how that's going to unwind. Why I would encourage everyone to do that is because the scale of what I'm talking about is huge. It's not big, it's huge. Um, Sombrero's gotten the attention of 10 of the largest mining companies in the world. And this truly is a history-making you know, exercise that we're trying to undertake with Copernico and leverage Sombrero to find some other big ones in Ecuador, because that's where some of the biggest discoveries happened recently. And as a share price, you know, performing, you know, one of my investments was into a company called Aurelian Resources back in, I think this was in 2009, around then. And uh, Aurelian, you know, they made a discovery in Ecuador and the stock was at 20 cents. I bought it at $1.80 because the holes were drilled were pretty substantial. I asked some industry experts because I was still relatively new in the business if this was a real discovery or not, because the stock had moved from 20 cents to $1.80 and a week later it was at $3 and change. And they said, Oh, you know, Ivan, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, you never know. And I got cold feet. I took my, you know, double on my investment, which was pretty substantial for me at the time. And then nine months later, it went to $44 a share. And so that's why Ecuador, that's why I want to go into Ecuador. Because I want those kind of opportunities for Copernico. Sombrero checks all those boxes, but if I can add two or three of those to mitigate the risk and give us way more opportunity and possibly more than one opportunity, that's going to be something where, again, we can possibly create history with those kind of big discoveries and make those kind of share price performance. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to just comment on the state of the exploration, uh, journey exploration and market mining market at the moment. Um, and obviously you mentioned about investing certain times to invest, but I just want to just give us an overview of, of the sort of junior exploration space. Um, cause obviously that's, that's the space that you're in. So if you, if you took, you know, me today and what I know and what I've seen, and I've just started buying again, a lot of juniors myself, but if, you know, I'm always going to be biased that it's pro invest, invest all the time. That's, that's everybody in the mining industry that's spending money, raising money, trying to find a mine is going to say that. But if you said to me today, you know, you start a new fund, Ivan, and you've got, you know, say you got $5 million to invest in a new fund, where are you going to invest it? And when are you going to invest it? Knowing what you know, um, I would aggressively go probably halfway in today on the entire amount. And the reason why is because a lot of us industry professionals, we're all comparing it to um, 2009. And we're looking at history and we're saying this feels very similar and in 2009, our company Keegan, after 08, it was over $5 per share, went to 50 cents a share. But in 2009, in 14 months, it went to $9 per share from 49 cents a share. So we feel the financial system, the midterms, the electoral, the, the money supply, everything, and the scarcity and time it's going to take to make discoveries is somewhat comparable to 09. And I think it's where you pick people who've done it before. You pick companies that that resonate with you, and I would do the fifty percent in right now, and then the next fifty percent for me would be November um, post midterms. There could be a shakeup, or it could take off, but at least you got your starting position. You can either average down or go from there. Now, anybody who has not bought in yet, this is an incredible plan, and and I'll I'll be very proud to to hopefully be very right in the near term. If you did this. Last fall, you're going to be underwater on some things, you know, in our group, except for torque, or you'll be waiting for Copernico to come to market. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm the perfect caller of markets, but 
in terms of what we have, it's it's the opportunity that's rare, not the pricing that you paid. And, and that has to be understood. So, you know, I think from that perspective, pick groups that that you have a track record have succeeded before. They've stayed alive during this market. They're not hiding from the market. They're active. They're busy. Try to get the CEO on the phone and see what his plans are. And if they're ambitious enough, driven enough, you know you're in the right stage of the metals market. That is more than clearly the case. Your downside is time in most companies versus you know the risk of losing the investment going down. Time is your worst enemy. No one can predict it. But when it moves, it moves quick and you won't be able to get good good prices when it starts moving because of the short covering and everything else I mentioned earlier. Um, is there anything else that you've got in the pipeline that you can obviously publicly speak about? Um, right now, you know what? Um, no, just just I would say follow the torque discovery. Um, you know, it could make the global scale. And that's that's a huge statement, meaning the whole world might recognize what's being found there. I would follow that closely. I would um, follow what I'm going to do with Copernico, but just follow the torque discovery independent of myself being one of the largest shareholders of the company with my partners. um, It's performing. It's got a discovery that's underway potentially here, and it will educate you a lot and it will give you one of the few opportunities to do really well. And um, no, I think, I think, Remember that metal prices, particularly silver, gold, they're very, very reactionary to the price of the equities and the performance of the equities. The news may be fundamentally amazing, but you may see no movement for a while. And then one day you wake up, silver's back to 30 and, and, the, and the prices are flying. And that's just how the business works. So it's better to have a position. And if you already own it, you have to be pace your patience for it could take longer. But I think this fourth quarter is going to be uh, really interesting, to say the least. Um, and lastly, as a conclusion, just wonder what um, you're up to over the next sort of six to 12 months as a company and obviously your group of companies. Uh, what are your plans for, for each other, the, the remainder of this year going into next year? Yeah, so so from work really, really hard. Um, you know, we've got a lot of gas in the tank and uh, all the projects say to go for it. So in tier one silver, we've got a huge amount of results coming out in this next 45 days, followed by drilling. Um, Do we have that big, crazy silver discovery that we think we have? We're going to find out. Is there a big copper discovery that could be a potential 100-year mine life underneath that discovery or beside it? We're going to find out. And the evidence that we're going to get is going to really set the stage for when we go and drill that. Fury Gold Mines... um, We've drilled some new things that are away from the deposits we have. We've got our fingers crossed and we're losing a lot of sleep waiting for those results because they advertise like they could really be great. But um, tons of drill results to come out in the fourth quarter. And then secondly, you know, our big investment, we have almost 80 million shares of Dolly Varden Silver, who's drilling one of our former projects. We sold them. Um, they have a huge amount of results. So two different ways that Fury could really perform in the next six months. Um, Copernico Metals, the one I'm the, the head of right now running, it's um, it's going to acquire a few projects, come to market, and it's going to be very loud because these swings are huge. And um, and you'll see a lot of me on a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos because, you know, I want to say it as, as loud as I can because the opportunity deserves that kind of attention and the opportunities we're going to put into it. And then lastly, you know, Torque is just going to keep drilling at Margarita, and then they're going to be starting to drill Santa Cecilia and the last company that had a thousand meter drill holes was Filo Mining in Chile and Argentina border, Torques in Chile. And this project, Santa Cecilia, has a 900 meter intercept already by a previous driller, the person who drilled it. 
So the chances of drilling more of those is high. Um, you know, are we in the richest part of Santa Cecilia? Is it way richer next to us? Are we up beside it all? That's the part where, you know, history can be made. And, and why I point out Philo Mining is the stock went from two, three dollars to $26 a share earlier this year in a very short period of time. Um, everything we're doing is big. Everything we're going after is big. It's expensive to go big, especially in a bad market. But we've weathered it enough with some of the greatest investors in the world that support us and uh, and got us this position. And now it's going to see which super lottery ticket's going to win, or do they all win? And uh, we're going to go for it. Yeah. Well, I've been really pre- uh, really appreciate you uh, coming on and explaining, obviously the 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 companies that you're obviously involved in and telling us the story behind, um, obviously these exploration stories. And obviously, wish you well in the future for this year and going into next year. And hopefully, we will speak. It won't be another two and a half years. Perhaps you can come on uh, beginning no, no. part of next. Come on the beginning part of next year and uh, give us an update on some of those, especially when you've got some of those uh, drill results. So, um, be great to get you back on. If yeah. our audience wants to reach out to you, if they want to follow you, um, social media, whether it's yourself or some of your companies, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, great. Well, thanks for having me on. And, you know, hopefully there's no more COVID like there was last time since we spoke. But, um, you know, I look forward to catching up with you probably late fall or early, early in the new year, for sure, because of all the things I've talked about, the answers are going to come to those speculations, right? Um, The best way to get me, I'm on Twitter. Ivan Bebek 71 is my handle. You can find me there pretty quick. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, my first and last name, Ivan Bebek. I'm active on both. I write about the companies I'm involved in. I explain some of the news simplify it and talk a little bit about the direction of the companies from time to time. And then my personal email is Ivan at CopernicoMetals.com. You can email me anytime and ask me any questions you have. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. And for those of you that are brave enough to take advantage of the opportunity in August, now with so much spring-loaded potential in the metals market, I, I commend you. And as a contrarian, that's that's where I've done very well in my career. And, and I wish you all, all very, very well and, and safe future. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you uh, coming onto the podcast. And those that are listening, um, take take away. There's a lot of things to take away from what Ivan said. Um, obviously, the companies that he's involved in, but also if you're looking to invest as well, um, have a look at the certain times when you should invest. And maybe now is the time to invest um, if you're looking to uh, park your money somewhere. Um, so, thank you for listening. Please share this episode amongst others, friends, family around the world whether they're in the mining industry or not, um, because it'd be a good um, good episode to listen to if they were looking to uh, to um, earn some extra money um, buying into, uh, obviously, the, the mining industry, which is, I suppose, at the bottom of, uh, of the life cycle and is only, seems to be only one way it will go over the coming years. So um, appreciate you for listening. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.